know, it seems like a lot of bad things happen because of this bangle. Like, I dropped a kid off a building, and then I got chased by drones, and so it's like, it's just, I, 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 I really don't think any good can come of this. Of course it can. The bangle and its visions brought you to me and to all the people that you belong with. Derek. And I'm Noah, and you're listening to A Bite Of, where we take our current favorite pop culture obsession and enjoy it one nibble at a time. I could feel Derek looking at me because I my gears were turning and if I should deviate from... <laughs> I, that's exactly what it was. I yeah. thought you were going to say something like to a late episode of A Bite Of or something like that. Oh, well. I thought you were going to mix it up. No. <laughs> Whoa! Before we get into everything, giggly sure, over here. Make sure you're following us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at a bite of pod. We have a Discord as well. You can find all this stuff on a bite of pod.com. Just so you know, go to merch and also a Patreon. If you like the show, want to support the show, and get bonus videos, bonus content, and pick some bonus stuff that we do. Sign up there. Come be a Patrician. It's your choice. Show your love for a bite of. Sure. That too. Come be a Patrician. <laughs> That's all I got. All right. So let's talk about the um, giant glowing elephant in the room. This episode is late. <laughs> yeah. 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 Noah and I have had a pretty couple wild days. I mean. A pretty couple wild days. Pretty, I, I can't. My, I am so brain dead. We got home from work yesterday and we were both completely zapped. So thank you so much for giving us some time to take some space uh, for some mental clarity and just to regain some energy. Uh, as you all know, we work uh, for a bunch of libraries where we live. And at one of our libraries, the actual largest library district in our county, uh, their board voted to take down all of the pride displays in the children's room, deeming that inappropriate uh, for children to see. So uh, things got kind of wild for us. And um, basically, we lucked out that the community rallied around it so much that last night uh, there was an emergency board meeting held and they undid what they had done. Um, but of course, some people still stuck to those votes. And just because they reversed the decision doesn't mean that there still isn't a battle that needs to be fought. So that's where we are at. I don't know if you have anything to add to that. Yeah, I mean, you said it. Yeah, we both work for a bunch of libraries in New York, and it was a very personal and professional weirdness that was happening. And we decided that we needed to be present for that emergency board meeting instead of recording. Yeah because it was very important. So that is really why this episode is late. And that's one of the detriments to doing a podcast on a timely show, one that, you know, yeah. not that Netflix where it all comes out where we can record a bunch. It kind of put us in an awkward position. We know you guys love listening to us and you guys sent very supportive messages. Um, so we very much, much appreciate that. Thank you. Absolutely. And, I, and we're so lucky for your support. And something that this kind of showed to me is that Although we live in a sort of conservative part of New York, so many people came out to speak out against the decision that was made. And 
uh, on that board meeting, they had a Zoom account that could hold up to a thousand people. It met that quota instantly. People were getting turned away because so many people cared about this decision. So um, just seeing that little glimmer of hope made us feel better. Um, but so something locally, you know, happened and luckily was overcome. But of course, now there's a national crisis happening. So we're continuing on and I'm sure you all are. Um, so I hope you're all taking time to take care of yourselves as well. Yeah. Sometimes you just need a minute. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on. So we're here to hopefully bring a smile to your commutes, to your work days, to your times of cleaning, doing nothing, however you listen to Maybe us. Maybe taking a walk outside, which is lovely and healing and listening to us, <laughs> yeah. which might be annoying but thank you nonetheless <laughs> there's a um i'll see if i can find it because it was hilarious and i was gonna post it a couple weeks ago but it just reminded me there's a, a tiktok of a person was like i love to take walks in the woods but usually i listen to podcasts that make me laugh and then it cuts to them like running through the woods hysterically laughing and i'm like i hope people do that with that <laughs> that was hilarious That's... that was really funny yeah so i <laughs> That is the update, and we're here now, and we will carry on, but thank you for your support. Let's get into it. Yeah. Let's do a recap. Let's do a recap. Luckily, we get to talk about worlds where there are heroes who do the right thing. So Miss Marvel of all of them. Love her. Yeah. Love us, our Kamala Khan. So let's take a look back at Ms. Marvel, episode two, Crush. Remember Crush, Crush by Paramore? Crush, 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 two, three, four, nothing. No? Yeah. You're not giving me anything. You're just yeah. staring at me. Yeah, I thought you were going to sing. <laughs> <laughs> After Avenger Con, Kamala is feeling the buzz of discovering her new powers. Zoe's follower count has grown and has dubbed the new hero Nightlight. <laughs> A baller training montage with Bruno is followed by some time in the mosque where Kamala urges Nakia to run for the board. Spoiler alert, she runs for the board. Kamran becomes a new crush and apparently likes to high dive into pools. At her mosque's Eid celebration, Kamala rescues a young boy who almost plummets to his death. On the run, the agents track her down, and just as she might be caught, Kamran appears with his mother, who says she's been waiting to meet Kamala for quite some time. Fancy car, neon lights. Yeah. All right, so, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. We're talking about the third episode, but let us officially take a bite of Ms. Marvel episode three, <laughs> Destin. I like how you're like, spoiler alert, but we're doing it. We're doing it. Listen, that's what we're here for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this episode was great. I mean, this this whole show is great. I love this show. I'm obsessed with the show. I'm obsessed with Kamala Khan. I'm obsessed with the mon. I'm obsessed with everybody that's on He's this. He's obsessed. He has a sweatshirt that says it. I do. You can get that on um, the Abide of Merch Shop. <laughs> that was an unexpected plug, but there you go. Um, one of our top-selling uh, merch items. Anyway, so <laughs> this episode, it was it's interesting. I feel like it's very much heavy on its bookended with heavy stuff. And in the middle is just kind of like fun exposition, beautiful cultural representation. So the first part, the episode opens... With a flashback. Yay, I love a good flashback. Do you love world history? <laughs> We've got it. To British-occupied India in 1942, where Najma and Kamala's great-grandmother, Aisha, sort through a temple that's being destroyed by colonizers. Great way to open an episode. They finally uncover a severed blue arm 
wearing the bangle, the one that Kamala found that she inherited. Although Aisha notes that they need two to return home. So they only have one that we've seen so far. In this brief scene, we do get many references to the wider MCU, revealing that maybe Kamala's story is a little bigger than just Jersey City. I was going to say Jersey, New York, but Jersey is the situation. (laughs) GTL. Yeah. Goal 10. (laughs) No, not rig. So this this scene really does link. First one, I I do want to point out the big markings on the floor. Shang-Chi. The Legend of the Ten Rings. When they do discover this, the camera kind of like pans out as like the British troops are like hitting everything. And you see the ten rings on the floor. And we have first saw these rings and the cross swords and everything back in Iron Man. And then Iron Man 3 when we found the Mandarin, but it wasn't the real Mandarin, blah, blah, blah. But thankfully, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings introduced us to the real Mandarin, Wenwu. But um, so it looks like they're... Tech is also the same tech that Kamala's bands are probably from. Ancient tech. It's all ancient. But also future tech to us. Oh, it's like back to the future. Yeah. It's like more advanced tech, but it's been around forever. So it's like ancient advanced. We're a baby world is what they're telling us. Yeah. (laughs) But it it is cool because in Shang-Chi, we didn't really get to know too much about where the rings came from or what it was, but they, when we got them, the, the Mandarin, and he used them throughout time, and then eventually Shang-Chi got them. But the interesting thing that does connect this directly to Captain Marvel and then by proxy Kamala is that in the post credit scene, Shang-Chi and, his, and Katie are summoned by the Sorcerer Supreme, who is Wong, yay. I feel like the next fit, like this whole big phase, you know how Kevin Feige was like, oh, it's going to become clear what in the next few months, like where the MCU is going. It's going to Wong. Like, oh, he's Wong's in everything. In everything. Yeah. He's in everything. He's the key to everything. <laughs> he has to be. But he's investigating the rings because, again, nobody fucking knows where these came from or what they are. Captain Marvel and Bruce Banner are also present in that. And while none of them can identify anything about the rings, They do note that they're far more than a thousand years old, and they're sending a signal out to an unknown receiver. We still don't know what that is, but maybe it's to the other Bengal or something. I don't really know how it works. I don't know how any of these things connect anymore. (sighs) There's too many loose ends. They can't be making the same braid. Why? I don't know. It's just craziness. It's just like in different different movies and different shows are leading off into different things. So it's like, how is it all going to come together? I feel like with these shows, like maybe there's a through line with the movies and the shows are just these offshoots. What was that called? Branching? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It just is like, now the Ten Rings are here, but the Ten Rings were in Iron Man as well. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I mean... Welcome to comics. <laughs> it's, it is a but lot. I'm, you know what? I'm fine with them not coming together. They can be their own separate stories. Mm. They don't. It, it's too big of a universe, I think, to try and make things fit together. It would be trying to shoehorn something. I'd rather it exist on its own than it try to have to fit into something else. But like, only fits into it because it's the same tech-ish. And that post-credit scene like left a cliffhanger. 
Oh, I just mean in the general scheme mm-hmm. of of Marvel. You know, like what happened with Clea at the end. You know, just all that stuff. Oh. You yeah, know. no way. Yeah, that's what I mean. I feel like Marvel wouldn't do that only because they're like the biggest like connected universe experiment. I, I am curious how they're going to keep going. Mm-hmm. It seems like they're doing it fine this time around. But what happens after this next saga is over? Let's start all over again. Right, and they keep <laughs> introducing new characters who have never interacted in, with anyone else. So it's They're just like, going to have to die or retire at some point oh. and then go to the next group of people. Oh, I see. You know, I have yeah. no idea. Yeah. Yeah, how do they reset the timeline? When does that happen, like in comics, when you can keep writing the same characters, but then just a new story starts that has nothing to do with the other one? Oh, it happens in comics, and you know how frustrating it is. That's what I'm saying. When are they are they going to eventually do that with the movies? Like there will eventually be a start of a new Avengers. I actually think they are starting to do that, only in a little bit with the whole multiverse thing. Mm. Now that they op- opened up the multiverse, I think I think it was smart for them to do that because now the possibilities are kind of endless. Yeah, I guess if they can keep making Batman's that have nothing to do with each don't, other, don't don't <laughs> stop. We don't do that. It's like there's a Justice <laughs> League and there's no. also the Edward Batman. It's like, what? No, the, the And there's going to be a Joker Batman. Oh my god. The only difference between that is that they're like this doesn't connect. <laughs> they just say it outright. It just it's so frustrating. Anyway. Well, so this opening scene <laughs> also connects us to Captain Marvel in that the severed blue arm is Kree. And right. we know that that's how Captain Marvel in the MCU got their powers is yeah. from Kree. The original Captain Marvel is Kree. So there is a chance that they're still using that comic book origin from the comics of Miss Marvel because the Kree experimented on the humans, i.e. inhumans. So somehow they're fitting it in, but that's how I'm seeing the connection. It's like, oh, she's going to be in the Marvels. We kind of tipped into that Captain Marvel mm, thing, mm, aside mm. from the name. The alien race is there. Yeah. How do they fit in? Maybe it's their technology. Maybe it's not. But there's a severed blue arm. Yeah. Well, there thing. has to be a link, right? Because they say that someone told them that they need the two bands to get home. So somehow. In some temple. Right. These people, these, what, I mean, clandestines, we'll find out they're later called. They know that the Kree exist because the Kree have these two bands that they need to get back to their dimension. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know like what what is this temple? Why is it there? Why were the Kree there? Right. Why is the tech there unless the Kree I mean it is it it's the more and more Kree show up in the MCU, the more and more it seems like they're kind of like the scrolls where mm-hmm. they've been here longer sure. than we have been introduced to them in the MCU. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But that that is the that's the connection so far between yeah. Captain Marvel and Kamala Khan. The Cree, the Cree connection in Ms. Marvel, a severed arm. Right. I I did think it was interesting that when Aisha puts the bangle on, she has a vision as well. Yes. Right. So there's that moment where the purple light flows through them and they see something. So I'm trying to figure out, you know, if if Aisha is sort of the the being that is in Kamala's blood, but Kamala has visions of her, then what did she see? 
So my theory is that they all see the train and that the train didn't happen in the past. It's actually going to happen in the future. But is this at this point, because didn't partition, I think partition happened in 1947 and this is 1942. Right. So So she couldn't have seen the train in 1942. Why not? She sees the future. Or what if a train with the word Karachi on the front is actually what Kamala is going to experience when she goes to Pakistan. Well, remember when Kamala put the bangle on the first time she went into that, like she kind of dipped down into that dimension or Mm -hmm. whatever. I don't think her body actually dipped down, but her astral self, I don't know. Nobody knows what to call Mm -hmm. this or whatever. I think that might have been what she experienced at first. I don't know. Yeah, but who knows? Yeah, so I guess my question is, though, is like the Jinn are already powerful beings mixed with this bangle gives them another power. Right. I think that's so that's that's what makes this kind of confusing because we don't uh, I don't know if I trust any of it personally from what we've seen in this episode. I don't know if like how are they connected to this piece of technology that isn't from where they're from. Right. Yeah. It's it's very weird. I don't I don't know. I I, I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, it seems like whatever this bang- bangle is or this type of tech accesses a certain dimension's powers, is it all the same dimensions? Because we had thrown around the theory of the negabands. Mm-hmm. The negabands in the MCU, I think I, or in Marvel, I think I mentioned in the last episode, there's multiple different negabands. Right. It's not just the two that are kind of like Quasar and all that stuff, but. So it might make sense that like the 10 rings, which they do on two different arms, it could be on one arm. It's all part of the same thing. But do they access the same dimensions powers or each bangle? If you add all five rings together, the width of one bangle is equal to the width of five rings. No. Yeah, maybe. Probably. But but the bangle expands. That's what I'm saying. The, the the bigger one. Yeah. It'll do. But, you know, I just think it would have made more sense to me if... <laughs> to you. To me. <laughs> you specifically. this bangle was Jin. Yeah. And she's... And that's why it unlocked Kamala's powers, because it was her grandmother's who was also Jin. Rather than them both having powers unlocked by something that has... Maybe nothing to do with them. Well, it seems like they have, they had already had powers. So her grandmother is from that dimension. Right. Right. So, but they can't access their powers fully here without that piece of tech. But it seems like for some reason, half Jin and half human, when they they use the tech, they can use the powers to the full potential, which is, I think is just kind of like a plot thing written like i don't Mm. think there's really any explanation between it it's just you know how usually it's like half this half this they're better than the sum of their parts and nightlight was born yeah god (laughs) nor girl i liked that one better than nightlight slightly uh normani (laughs) hello no (laughs) no bring me some normani but let's get into so this is the part of the episode where we continue to talk about pretty much the same scene because a lot of exposition was talked about in this first what 10 minutes of the episode not even i don't think yeah so let's get to the clandestine so najma reveals that she aisha and the others are ancient aliens from another dimension who have been mistaken for various mythical creatures including jen 
They call themselves, though, the clandestine refugees trying to return home from their dimension of Nor, which is light in Arabic, which I think is pretty interesting because her powers are hard light as they describe it. So mm-hmm. it is connecting in some way. So it's like, okay, I think Najma's telling the truth to some extent. How much? I don't know. But the clandestine, when I heard that name in that episode, I was like, what? No. Like, are they really going to be introducing? Yeah, a so whole... give us a little exposition. I don't on the want to. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was so this <laughs> it's created a long time ago. This is like in like the 80s, 90s, or whatever. So, but they're not in the comics really anymore. I mean, they're kind of ish mentioned, but they they had a run. And then they just disappear because it didn't do well. Mm. And this writer eventually went on to write Excalibur, which had like Shadowcat and Captain Britain and oh, all that yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. which is a comic still written today. Hmm. So that kind of just shows you clandestine is not written today. Right. That one is. So Alan Davis was the guy that created the clandestine. So essentially this guy, Adam Destin, real fucking, yeah, very... It, on the nose with the names. <laughs> I was trying to find a clever way to say it, but it's like this guy's last name was Destin. So it was like his superhero t- or supervillain team is clan. It's a group oh, of people. Destin. Got him. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But eventually, so essentially he had some conflict with like this angel and then he fell in love with this gin, Eliath. It's like a 2012th century gin. Over hundreds of years, Adam and Eliath have several children, and their children have children who all have abilities. Mm. And that's that's really it. Oh. That's all they but are. But they're villains? They are. They're, they're not. They are, but they aren't. They kind of just do whatever they want. I do what they're, I want. Right. They're not, like, coined as a superhero team. You should look these people up. They look absolutely ridiculous. Like, they vary in, like, Looking like an alien, looking like a person, having red hair, but then like a mask and a polo shirt. It's like polo shirt. It's so we're not really, but like oh. essentially, they might as well just had like a sweater vest on and <laughs> all that stuff. So I mean, that's that's really who the clandestine are. That's that's it. I okay. mean, so maybe in this sense, it's just more of a magical word. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but I guess when you're in the MCU, anything that already exists, you risk. This type of situation. Yeah. I mean, to talk about kind of how, so Jin and clandestine and everything like that, this has some actual controversy. The show is now in controversy, especially within the Muslim community mm. with using the word Jin yeah. and having her be a Jin. But to just kind of talk a little bit about the clandestine and the Jin and then the, the controversy that's surrounding it, the person that wrote the clandestines was a white person. Yeah. The way they wrote the stories was very like, it was like oriental stereotyping. It, it just wasn't good. So it's like the way they did it was like, yeah, you should probably, it's like in the nineties. I'm a, not saying like it's an excuse, it's but it was a product like, of its time. Right. It's like, but they should have probably been more cognizant obviously but now it probably would have been written it wouldn't have gone onto the shelves now sure, sure, sure. then it was more likely for it to go on the shelves so they didn't really handle like gin and everything with care because it is based in culture i mean the, the whole mythology and everything behind gin is in culture and a lot of people especially muslim people that are on twitter are like 
you made the first Muslim superhero in the MCU a jinn, which is usually associated with like sin mm-hmm. in the Muslim faith. So it's like they're like, I hope that this isn't true and that there's something more to it because it's you know, it's not really that great. A lot of people are thinking that maybe it's like a remixing of it. They're trying to use something that's typically seen as bad and it is in some way a reference and they're trying not to be I don't know, in I mean, in a bad light, but like can't we can't we lean into the fact that the co-creator and the showrunner are both people of color and you know But not all the writers are people of color, so that's that's also why people are like who who did this right it's like the head writers are but like not all of them not all of them are muslim so Mm. you know but i i do i'm gonna hold out and say i'm i'm hoping and i'm pretty sure (laughs) that they're going to handle it with care because it is interesting that she said that we're called these different things it's a lot of different things but she did stick to jen and they say jen quite a bit in the show so I don't know. I am hoping, especially because I don't know. I mean, I this is a learning experience for us, as is for most of these people seeing this type of culture on the mainstream for the first time. I had no idea that jinn was like a bad thing in the Muslim Muslim Islamic community. So mm-hmm. I, you know, it's a learning experience. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I think, um, I think it's a little frustrating though because the. The source material from his Marvel was so good. Well, that's it was so yeah, good. They had it yeah. all laid out for themselves. It wasn't that complicated. What's the difference between saying inhuman and plant? You know what I mean? It's like they're building this whole thing. It's like they wanted to expand her world, which I guess is good. But you said she ultimately goes to Pakistan in the comics. It's not like they had to do this entire storyline to get her there. Yeah, I don't know if it's just a product of the inhumans not being received not even just being received well bombing when it happened the show i did have faith since black bolt was in multiverse of madness i was like oh they're kind of acknowledging that they still exist i had faith but now i mean it's confusing because it's like the kree are still involved somehow Mm -hmm. but i don't know if they they have said that they changed it because it fits into the greater mcu plan for her I don't know what that, we don't know what that is. Right. So I can't say that that's good or bad. Yeah. But if it does continue on the Jin path, I don't think from what I've seen and what people in that community have said, it's not good representation. So I would have to err on the side of siding with them. Right. And be like, oh, well, yeah. yeah I'm not if, disagreeing. Exactly. With that. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just think they changed it for. I don't know. I hope it's not true. Well, listen. It would be weird. Here's the thing, though, is that in Marvel, they have the luxury of now saying anything they don't like was in a different multiverse. Yeah. Well, Get I rid don't... of it. <laughs> Chuck the Inhumans. That... Yeah, well, that's true. Stick them in 1, 2, 12, whatever. Well, see, but that's when it gets confusing because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which has Coulson from our MCU timeline, has Inhumans in it. So it's like they can't. Oh, see you never. That got canceled. <laughs> well, they can't. <laughs> they can't like backpedal that much, but I don't know. It's so weird. I feel like they're either going to have to eventually address the inhuman thing because they're kind of woven in so much or just, I guess, make it up as they go. I don't know. Yeah, this, that's when it gets, yeah, that's when it gets kind of, 
frustrating when yeah. you have such a good character that's really opening a new door for characters in the Marvel universe and you're kind of mucking up the storyline. Yeah. Just because of past mistakes in your universe that you created. Yeah, I mean I again I have faith that maybe it won't be the whole thing because also we can't really believe Najma. I don't believe her. Mm. We didn't see in the flashback that Aisha was saying any of this. You know what I mean? All we know is from this random person saying that this is what we are and this is who you are and this is what we have to do. But with being called clandestine and jinn and everything like that, Najma does mention that they are also called unseen, which is a uh, direct connection to what if. Look, we got more connections here. (laughs) Only in that what if are there types of people that aren't seen by the watchers. That's it. That's all they are. They do exist in the comics, and apparently they exist in the MCU somehow. So they're sneaky sneaks. Yeah. Yeah. So they can just avoid the Watcher's sight, essentially. We do find out also that they've been around for hundreds of years. So they don't really age, but then also I'm assuming people that access the power now don't age as much. She, yeah. She, Najma said something along the lines of that the Noor, not only does it give them their powers, but it helps them from... It, Aging. aging right yeah. and also i think we need to point out that luckily cameron truly is a teenager he's not like 180 years old or something like that, that. look that kamala gave him was like you all look great for being this <laughs> did you happen to see i only saw a snippet they were doing press uh kamala and cameron and these two young girls they were probably like 12 and 13 were interviewing them oh cute and one of them goes you know like what's it like having to pretend to fancy someone that you don't? I think they were British or something like that. And um, Iman, she turns to him and she goes, pretend. Yeah. What? Yeah. And then they did this thing with their hands. They like put their hands on top of each other. And then like out of a buddy comedy movie, they did a double take to the two little girls. (laughs) It was hilarious. I feel like she just like imbues positive energy. And when you're around her, you can't help but be a part of it. She is Kamala. Yeah, I mean, she's the perfect person to play this character because I think she, as a person, just radiates that type of positive energy, like you're saying. I mean, you could feel it in the show, and every single time there's an interview with her, I have to watch it. Mm -hmm. Because she's either fangirling, being super positive. We're just being so sweet. <laughs> yeah. It was I saw one where she took like the ultimate Marvel quiz and then like the final question was like name all 28 movies of the Marvel universe. And she she got to like 26. She forgot two. One of them was Captain Marvel, which was hilarious. Oh my god. Super funny. Uh but she was like, "Oh, she was like I should have just gone in chronological order yeah. that I was trying to <laughs> group them together because she was like iron man iron man 2 iron man 3 yeah she's like oh man i would have done it and really funny <laughs> really adorable God, i love that <laughs> i did so they, in this conversation that she has with najma like when they're back in like the house or whatever i'm curious like so how do dimensions work differently than multiverses i was wondering the same thing and like is it the same plane but like different levels of the plane like you know how we can't see ultraviolet light but sure. it's like here is it the same <laughs> or is it like apparently clandestine and jinn are synonyms for each other multiverse and dimension are synonyms mm. for each other a different dimension is just a different multiverse and they just call it a dimension because they don't realize that the multiverse exists maybe sure you know yeah i also want to point out that 
something that did exist in this episode but wasn't actually present was Zoe. Oh. When, well, when Adam comes into the kitchen, he is watching her viral popcorn popcorn video. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean, she's probably still in that interrogation room. <laughs> I mean, can we be done with Zoe now? I uh, right? No. I think I think she's going she's going to Pakistan. Leave no. Zoe out of this. No. I hope not. I like Zoe. <laughs> as, as as somebody that likes her in the comics, I hope that she eventually gets to where she needs Maybe to be. Maybe she's clandestine. To everybody <laughs> is. Everybody is in Jersey City. Yeah. But this whole this that whole beginning part. Dimension. Yeah. <laughs> this whole beginning part is a lot of exposition and we're finally getting answers, but just like Kamala, I don't think we've gotten all of the answers. She pretty much tells her that she has to do what her grandmother, her great grandmother started. But that's it. I mean, she kind of just is like, this is who we are. Believe me. You have to get us back. Yeah. Okay. And Nadra's like, just give me that family heirloom, please. Yeah. I know we've just met. Goodbye. Yeah. Well, that is a kind of plot device, but that it is a good thing that she can only use it because then I guess the show would just be over because they'd be like, okay, thanks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, thanks for finding it. It is interesting because the... They're from there. Why can't they use it? <laughs> it's that whole being on Earth thing. It's an Earth... Well, well, was that it? It's an Earth... I, it's like an Earth-based item, so someone right. from Earth has more power with it. Probably. That sounds about right. <laughs> Probably. Who I think knows? they might have seen that, said that. It was a lot. They said a lot of yeah. information. Oh, forget it. I lost my original train of thought. <laughs> train? To Karachi? Ah, it's grandma? <laughs> yeah. There was a scene, um, I did want to talk about the scene where her and Bruno talk. Let's talk about Bruno for a little Bruno. bit. Bruno. In this episode. I mean, poor guy. Silencio, Bruno. I don't think, he, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's what uh, Comrade kept wanting to just be quiet, Bruno. Be quiet, Bruno. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> Brian, sorry. Yeah, Brian. I did like that when she does go to him to tell him all this stuff. She just like, do you know anything about interdimensional travel? And he's like, oh, yeah, I think I read the paper on doc- Dr. Eric Selvig, which is the scientist from Thor. Thor? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I, I wish I could just read a paper on interme- interdimensional um, travel and be like, I got the gist of it. <laughs> hello. The immersion program at Caltech. Caltech. Did you yeah. forget? Yeah. He's very smart. Oh, he's he's insanely smart. I don't want to take that away from him. I just love that name drop. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I see the, you see, guys. that's the type of Easter egg that I like. When in the universe, the doctor that you're talking about actually exists in another movie. Oh, but not connecting. <laughs> no, to you're trying too hard. When when we what? have too many questions what? about what the heck and why the what and why are they in the who, that's okay. too much. To be fair, the show's not over yet. Girl. So you can't. Sometimes you put a little too much faith into these shows. And it, it works out. We were just we were just listening back to a WandaVision episode and we were going on and on about those hexagons. Guess what the hexagons meant? Nothing. That's fine. <laughs> that was their fault, not mine. <laughs> they let us on on we purpose. Tr- we were like, they're gonna they're gonna explain it. It's really Quicksilver. It's all blah blah. There's the dimensions and nope. Do you think Darcy's going to be in Love and Thunder? What? Yeah, you know what? Forget this entire episode. Excuse New episode. Me. Where is Darcy? <laughs> the case of where she, is Darcy? She's in Westview. Remember we were so sad her like final moment she like drove that van and then she disappeared. 
<laughs> that stunk. Is that how it happened? Yeah, she like drove the van, whatever happened with the van, and then like everything was like wrapping up and like there was just like this offline of like, yeah, Darcy went to go do something that Darcy does. And we never saw her again. Oh. I need to do a WandaVision rewatch. <laughs> Cause I don't remember that. You know, she hit Hayward with the van, right? Right. And that's yeah. where it ended. Well, it, that's I guess that's not bad. Right. Going out like right, that. Right, but we just needed some Darcy closure. Right. I also do every once in a while think that it would be nice to do a WandaVision rewatch, but then the emotional toll it takes at the end. We're prepared much. for it though. Maybe just watch uh it was Agatha all along a couple of times and you'll be set. I'll watch up into that. I'll let you know when it happens, and then you can leave. <laughs> and I killed the dog, too. <laughs> so good. And I can't the, wait for her and the, show. And the extended take of her just laughing as she oh walked my back God. to the house. If you haven't looked at the behind the scenes for that show, just watch it specifically for Catherine Hahn. Oh, my gosh. She's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. But... um. Oh, back to Bruno. Yeah. So, <laughs> Bruno, I mean, in this episode, it is kind of sad because it seems like her... She's destined to kind of outgrow Jersey City in some way. Mm. And he's torn between doing the Caltech thing, making sure she's safe, all this stuff. And he, people don't even say his name right. So, like, yeah, I feel so bad for this dude in this episode. He does. So they have a little back and forth. She kind of reveals to him that she found out that she's Jin and blah, blah, blah. And then he does kind of come out of the, cal- the Caltech closet in the yeah. scene and he tells her. Yeah. Which seemed like a hard secret for him to kind of hold from her. Yeah. I mean, come on. There's harder secrets to hold, Bruno. It's like you got accepted into a prestigious program. Come on. Of course, she's going to be excited for you. But he doesn't want to leave her. I think a little piece of him wanted her to be sad. Mm. Well, he does go to Wakanda in the comics and attends university there. How about that? Yeah. So... Good for Bruno. Yeah, go do it, Bruno. You'll be fine. You'll All be right. fine. All right. You'll be fine. <laughs> All right. And now, a word from our sponsors. Was the wedding you've been planning for months ruined by the Department of Damage Control? Did your choreographed dance lose its luster? Well, why don't you just take a break with some bonus content from your favorite podcast? Take Jim, for example, who put a grin on our faces by increasing his monthly pledge on Patreon. Find out how to become a Patrician like Jim on abiteofpod.com. Welcome back. Let's talk about Agent Deaver and how much I hate her. <laughs> this is the We Hate Deaver Club. I don't like her. She's just like that. She's just, you know, she plays the character really well. And I just don't like her from the second that she was on the screen. I just got skeevy vibes. Like she would rat out anybody for anything. You She'd know, be like, let me talk to your manager. Yeah. And it, it does seem like there is a true good cop, bad cop thing here. I feel like Deaver in the Department of Damage Control is someone that is really fueled by like hate, and prejudice, and racism. Oh, why is that? Because she wants to look at all the mosques and because she was grilling Zoe and like, were they South Asian? Yeah. Were they, were they Latin, uh, I mean, Latin X? Yeah. Yeah, of course. She's racist. She's super racist. She's profiling. I She's- don't want that hero. Super racist. <laughs> Nobody does. No, thank you. Nobody does. 
and apparently they're equipped with like sonic blasters so great <laughs> like, they got drones they yeah. got probably cockatiel thomas edison oh my somewhere God. you are he's wanting the head of the department <laughs> dear god imagine Agent twist edison he was the villain all along i would love it it was the cockatiel all along <laughs> it was the cockatiel all along yeah so Agent Deaver and her assholes show up to the mosque, don't take their shoes off one. Super, that's ugh, very disrespectful. Obviously, I didn't notice that, but as soon as he pointed it out, I was like, oh, why would you just show up in a place like that? Like, just because you have a badge doesn't mean you can do anything. She's like, we're going to have, we're going to search around. And Nakia's like, oh, no, 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 no. Newly elected board member Nakia, by the way. She's like, no, you won't. You don't, you don't have authority to do that. You don't have the proper paperwork. You can leave. Get it. Get it. MVP. Again. Those law and order marathons are good for <laughs> something. <laughs> yeah. I did like that, too, because she. it seems like she's more, that's more in line with kind of what her comic counterpart does, mm -hmm. is very much like against the Islamophobia and stuff like that. And so I did like to see that, that comic Nakia come out just a little bit yeah and i feel like this push of her coming part of the board is making her kind of step into the shoes of who she really is and be more confident in right doing that yeah and i i like that line that she says she's like is this serious because of the enhanced human or because they were spotted at a mosque right i was like dang get him deaver <laughs> yeah but again so later in the episode she does find out mm -hmm. about kamala that's kind of sad. That is how it happens in the comics. Yeah. Right? And it was sad. But I don't know. The way it left off. So, you know, Nakia has beef with, quote unquote, Nightlight. Because Nightlight is sort of <laughs> casting a shitty shadow on the mosque. Right. And bringing bad attention. But when she finds out it's Kamala, it's a bit eye-opening. It's hurtful because she's keep, kept it hidden from her. But the way that she, like, talks to Bruno after that... It makes me feel like she's not going to hold it against Kamala because I think that Bruno is going to paint the picture correctly and give yeah. her insight onto why things happened the way they did. That's definitely, yeah. I mean, that's, I hope that's not in Nakia's nature to do something like that. I think that she, like, as a character, she's mature enough to be like, I can probably figure out why she didn't tell me. It sucks. But, like, in that moment, you could tell, like, how kind of, like, hurt she was by yeah. that. She's like, what the fuck? Like, and I'm just as important to you as Bruno right. is. Why Why the secrets here? And maybe a bit of FOMO. Oh, for feeling sure. Feeling left out. And also, in that scene, the whole thing is that everybody's asking, where's Kamala? Where's Kamala? So she goes to find Kamala. Right. And then she finds out this. So it's kind of like a double betrayal in that moment. Yeah. The, the show really does a good job of making you love every single character that's in the show. So like moments like that, like that's kind of like a shtick that we've seen before. It's like, oh, the friends or family members don't know that they're yeah. the superhero or whatever. But in this this particular moment, it just seemed more organic and like more genuine, I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, they're doing a really good job of not falling into those teenage tropes. You right. know, those teenage storylines, it's so easy to have the fallout with the friend and have her be enemies with her mother and she just doesn't understand me and whatever. But there, I, in this episode especially, I'm growing even more to love Muniba because Muniba always has Kamala's back. 
And I think that's a beautiful thing about their relationship because it could have so easily been like, I'm fighting with my mom all the time. You right. know, that just like silly teenage storyline. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They they do the coming of age stuff really well. And I think what's what is the good what they've done well with that is that this isn't action sequence or set pieces after another, like a typical superhero thing that you would mm. see. Where it's almost like Moon Knight, where we're getting to sit with these characters and really get to know them, because that's the main point of the story. And then the superheroing stuff, it's kind of just added flavor to it. Mm. So it, it's interesting. It's like every time, but it, it works because whenever she's in danger, I'm like, oh, no, like Come the stakes on. feel a little higher. Sure. Whenever she's in danger. When you say sit with the characters, do you picture yourself having tea and cookies? No. Oh, that's sad. More like a cocktail and some oh, chips. Oh, grown up. <laughs> well, if they're of age, I guess. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just saying, like, I thought, like, I would have some tea and cookies. I, I pictured Stephen. Stephen from Moon Knight. Oh. He's British. You think he would have tea and cookies, though? Oh, or Stephen? Biscuits? Yes, he loved tea and biscuits. Oh, no, I didn't Although, see him drink any tea. You're right. <laughs> Because he's not British. Well, that's that's <laughs> terrible. I think that was um, an opportunity missed yeah. and really foolish of them. Yeah. If you all remember him having tea, comment below, please. He didn't. Did he? I don't know. Maybe there was a moment and we just missed it. I saw him eating like uh, cornflakes or something. No, not what we're looking for. No. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> yeah, when he noticed that Gus wasn't Gus anymore, he was like eating... Something from a bowl. He ate those chocolates. I also don't think he had enough time to really sit down and drink tea. He was dead for like a good three episodes. So. Did he have tea with... No, they no. ate soup with Arthur. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, whatever. On to the Mendy. <laughs> On to the Mendy. Yeah. I loved this. This whole last part of this episode it was so good. It was beautiful. Music was great. I loved it. I love, again... Seeing them be with their family and everything like that. And I like how they kind of sit with some of those characters for a minute. Like when Muniba was talking to one of the aunts about how her mother didn't come to the wedding. Right. So why would she come to there? It's just like those small little moments where I don't think I would have thought that we would have gotten something like that. Like if this was a movie, I don't think we would have gotten most of this stuff. Mm. You know, we would have to wait and we get it in sporadic moments. But wouldn't it have meant as much? Well, so much of Kamala Khan and Ms. Marvel is the community, right. right? And so they're giving us that chance to meet the community. Like, if you think of Moon Knight, it was, you know, Stephen or whoever at the time in the body, Layla, Arthur, and Conchu. Like, that was really it. Your Boo. four main players. Like, in this, in every episode, we have our full cast. The whole family. Yeah. 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 And also, by the way, the actors that play the parents kill it mm. especially in this episode i'm like these people are really good at playing parents like <laughs> maybe they are parents in real life well i mean maybe <laughs> but like is this the first mcu parents that are good parents that we've gotten because most of them have been pretty shitty or dead or R. left R. them so it's like i think these are like only living right I could be wrong. Comment below. Are there other good MCU parents? <laughs> well, whoa, no. I just depressed myself. Oh, wouldn't um? I was like Aunt May, but R.I.P. Wasp's parents. Uh, 
Oh my god, Michelle Pfeiffer? Yeah. Michael Douglas? Yes. I think the Pims? They're good, right? Yeah. They're yeah. nice. They're yeah, nice. She got lost in the, the little micro dimension for a while. But she's back. Quantum realm. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. The only reason I say that is the next Ant-Man and Wasp is Quantumania. <laughs> they said multiverse of madness. We're going to up one up you. We're going small, but it's big inside. Quantumania. Yeah. Crazy, but <laughs> tiny. Yeah. There is a very important scene oh. in this, though. Okay. Only important in that it's like with great power comes great responsibility. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the good isn't a thing you are. It's a thing you do. Which is, do you remember that in the comic? You just recently read it. <laughs> No. Miss Marvel, number five, when she was putting her new digs on. Oh. Yeah. Speaking. It's like It's like said of it. Yeah. When are we going to get the new duds? Oh, very soon. She got the mask in the same scene. So Bruno is working Me, hard. You know, there's some good tech in that mask. It's not just a mask. No, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> he like 3D printed it from the library. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He has a mini lab in his bedroom. I was kidding. I was just trying to do a library plug that you can go to your library and play with 3D printers. That's true. <laughs> That's true. If listen, you can you can 3D print a little Pikachu. Or <laughs> if you know how to like design stuff, if, if something breaks, like maybe a piece of your blind, like that connects it to the wall, you could 3D print that. Cool. Yeah. That's it. Hopefully they have the color that you want. No, it's just gonna be like bright orange bright, or something. I always see the bright orange in the libraries. So yeah. I'm like <gasps> I feel like but... it's like a color that like the librarians are like, well, nobody's gonna really want this for something serious, so we're gonna print all of our little chess pieces and stuff in the bright orange. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway. <laughs> I just had a flashback of when I first started and like 3D printing was the biggest thing. Yeah. <laughs> what is the smell? Is the smell toxic? No. <laughs> so so Mindy is a pretty much like the celebration before the wedding. Yeah. And in between that, we get again a good moment between her mother, Kamala's mother, and herself. Mm-hmm. She's in the bathroom and she's still feeling it after her one rescue attempt of a child that she almost killed. <laughs> But I do like that it's showing that she is human. She doesn't have yeah. all these supernatural abilities or anything like that. And in this conversation, it was really nice because she kind of tells her mom how it was when she came to America. And she, she tells her how you don't have to do this alone, especially when you find your family. I like that. I like this. Both parents have conversations with their kids in this mm-hmm. episode about choosing family. You're not alone. Hello. Don't do that. Even when you feel like you're alone. You're not alone. Right. It's a nice message to have. And I think it's obviously for the storytelling, it's so much of what Kamala is dealing with right now. Right? Yeah. The the Sikh is telling her that she, you know, you are doing good, even if you maybe don't like, you know, she's doubting that what she's doing is good. She feels very alone in this whole thing, but her mother is telling her that she's not, you know, all these fears that she's having one as just a teenager and two as someone now who's hiding. I don't know an ancient bloodline she's feeling reinforced in wanting to go forward and do good in the world well she is still yeah she's in the there was a conversation she had with bruno when they were talking when he was like yeah you could open it but you'd have to have the power of the sun and things might go boom and she's like there's a chance okay but she says i can't be the superhero so i'm going to do this Mm -hmm. so you really see in this episode that because of that sloppy rescue attempt she's feeling a little shaky 
She doesn't really want to do it. Also, she said, what was it? The first episode? She's like, brown girls from Jersey aren't don't save right. the world. Kamala. <laughs> Believe in yourself. <laughs> Believe in yourself. <laughs> you walked into that one. I did it for you. I got so excited. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> you didn't do it for me. You didn't even realize. I did. Okay. I totally did. Just accept it. <laughs> Just accept it. It's an amazing song. Just accept we're now at the wedding. All right. Party time. <laughs> it's so beautiful. The wedding is so beautiful. Taisha is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Amir, beard on point. Always. It, insanely too much on point. It's either fake or it's just amazing. <laughs> yeah. You know, my beard is at a wily length now. Maybe this is like a weird in-between length. And if it were to grow to the length of Amir's, it would kind of be beautiful like that. You know, I have the issue of having multicolor beard issues. So, like, even if it did get a little more full, it it blends in. You know what I mean? It's like, so it's like super blonde in some parts. So mm-hmm. it's like, I have hair, like, on my chin. <laughs> But like, if I didn't have the darker hair, you know oh, what I mean. I see what you're saying. Yeah, you know. So it's like I could never have Amir's beard, which is fine. Amir's beard. Amir's beard. Sounds good. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we do get an amazing choreographed dance, super cute, and Amir was in on it. Also very cute. Mm-hmm. Co-creator cameo Sana was in the crowd enjoying the dance. Oh yeah. Woo. Yeah 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 yeah. But all good things no. have to get ruined. You could feel it. You could feel something was happening. And especially when the the moment where Kamala turns to Bruno and she's like, do you want to dance? And his he lights up so much. No. He doesn't, she doesn't get that dance. He doesn't get that no. dance. Because Camran. Yeah. Yeah. So don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't like it. I think it's rude. This whole situation is ridiculous. These people have been on Earth for like almost a hundred years, maybe even more. And the night of her brother's wedding, they have to come in. Well, yes, yeah, so that's she, rude. Rude. She tells, "I love this." This part was hilarious to me. She texts Comron and was like, "Hey, I don't know. I think I need more time," which is mature of her, and she should do that because I don't trust these people. He's like, "Okay." That's fine. He's on her side. We know this. He went there to go warn her. But there's a scene where his mom is just going through his phone. It was like, when were you going to tell me? And he doesn't even care that she's on her phone, on his phone. I'm like, that's rude. That's rude. She doesn't care. No, I know she doesn't, but it's still rude. (laughs) Yeah, no, she's just a rude person. Yeah, she's- Or whatever. She's very bad. That, That moment, I was like, oh, she's bad. She's bad. No, I don't trust her no, at the all. The way she talks to her son, it's very demeaning. I don't appreciate it. I don't like her. There, I said it. I don't like her. I That's don't, fine. And I don't like the rest of them either. <laughs> they look great. They have wonderful clothes and great weapons, but I don't like them. <laughs> well, yeah. The Nor people come and wedding crash like nobody's business. Literally crash. Yeah. And he was, he come around when he tells her, they're going to kill everyone. I'm like, oh, great. Comrade, did you know that this could happen and you just let Kamala... I don't know. Also, Kamran, were you going to go with them when they went back to Nor, Nor World? Also, Kamran, what is your weapon? A pocket watch? It's a pocket watch. Do you remember? Huh? Oh, what were they called? They were like those weird- Yo-yo balls. (laughs) 
Was that what they were called? And I, they lit up. Know. Some of them would light up. Uh, it was like a fake yo-yo. Like you'd throw it down and come back up into your No, hands. it had it had balls on a string. Oh, and like multiple balls? Maybe. I'm vaguely remembering them. I think we're t- well, I think we are talking about two different things. Could be. Well, yeah, the yo-yo that comes back up, that's completely different. Like it's just a string on a ball. Yeah, and but no. it had like a retractable device in it, so it was like you weren't really yo-yoing. No, that's not. There was, was like this new toy that came out that was like supposed to kill yo-yoing, oh. but it didn't. And I remember I was so obsessed with it, and I can't remember the name. Oh, that's sad. But you is had it, one? Yeah, <gasps> of course I did. And I broke like two lights in my room trying to swing those balls around. <laughs> Watch your mouth. This Guys, is a family podcast. No, it's not. <laughs> Actually, some listeners do listen with their kids in the car. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but if you do remember what they're called, please comment below because I don't know what Google is. And well, I'd it just rather... so happens my special segment is about those. No, I'm kidding. Oh, it's <laughs> like, what? Oh, my God. Ow. You, you tricked me. <laughs> Got him. Yeah. So the, <laughs> this scene, this whole extended kind of like fight scene, chasing, whatever was cool. It was refreshing to see it in the show. I, I love Kamala's like Jurassic Park hide in the kitchen moment. It was good. Stakes were high. I liked her s- using her powers in a way that we haven't seen because mostly we haven't seen her use her powers. So it was neat to see what she could do with said powers. Yeah. And it seemed like maybe the bangles have a, I don't know, a defense, an automatic defense thing in it. Because yeah. Like when they hit her chest, she gets smashed really hard. Yeah. goes crashing through a wall and she's surprised to see that she has the purple light armor on yeah it might just like it's like a reflex almost because yeah. in the comic she does have a healing factor but only when she's in her non-stretched form embiggened. right and so oh we haven't gotten embiggened yet that's gonna have to be wait until the end probably she did do pretty well with her stretching fist in this yeah. episode yeah she did the punch she did the punch i was very happy about that i just need to see more of that but yeah i i'm Maybe that they're kind of like, oh, she can't really get hurt. Like she can, but she can't get like fatally hurt. Like that's her healing factor. Yeah, maybe if she's actually being attacked and it's not yeah. an accident, like falling off the truck. Yeah, yeah. From a production standpoint, the music in this scene, especially when they're like hunting her in the kitchen, like the distressed strings and everything. Oh, it's so cool. And they are also mixing it with like music from the culture. I was like, this is so cool. Well, the whole scene opened up with Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. <gasps> Amazing. And don't um, forget about Brown Jovi. It was by Brown Jovi. I love that. <laughs> oh, I didn't even notice that. That it was by Bon Jovi, but the band that was there is Brown Jovi. Oh, yeah, that's do amazing. Do you remember in the last episode they were talking about what music to have? Uh-huh. And then they were talking about Bon Jovi. He's the original guy from New Jersey. So they hired Brown Jovi. <gasps> I didn't. To be the wedding band. That's sweet. See, I don't remember details like that. That's why you're here, because you remember the important details. <laughs> I I remember when they mentioned pop culture within the pop culture. Yeah, I'm like the Mandarin was first mentioned in the first Iron Man movie, right. and then we saw him in the third one, but it wasn't really Iron Man. And then there was a short called The Hail to the King. Still wasn't the real Mandarin. No. (laughs) See, I remember that kind of stuff. (laughs) I do think that we have to take a minute to just recognize that Bon Jovi exists in this universe. (laughs) Where is the line between... So do all the actors that play these characters don't exist, but when they mention actors in a movie that they themselves were also in, was somebody else playing their character? (gasps) Hello. It's like in 30 Rock, 
when Liz Lemon. <laughs> Where is this going? So Liz Lemon, she dates the um the pilot. Carol. Right? Carol, yeah. played by Matt Damon. Right. In a later episode, she goes, someone's like mentions Invictus, the movie, and she goes, Who's the white guy in that movie again? Oh, it's Matt Damon. Right. <laughs> but so he exists as someone else <sighs> in the 30 Rock universe, but Weird. he was also in Invictus. Yeah. So it's the very much the same thing. I feel like the only time that that's ever going to get actually mentioned is if Taika Titi does it. Right. He seems like the only person that would ever do that. Love and thunder. Yeah. Here's to hoping. Here's to hoping. We got like a week and a half. <laughs> yeah. So you did mention these people's weapons. I'm just very confused. And what I mean, they're collapsible. They're also like part of their clothing. It's the it's the gin tech. I don't whippy belts. The the belt. Okay. The necklace that just turned into a giant two-handed yeah. mace. I was kind of with all of them. For some reason that belt. I don't know. I think it looked too much like a belt the whole time. It reminded me a tiny itty bitty bit of like eternal weapons, Mm. especially like Thena. I don't know why. I I couldn't really place where else I've seen that type of weaponry in the MCU. I'm not saying it has to connect. It's just it looked very familiar, but it was also very jarring because I was like, oh, I guess I I guess since they don't have their powers, they have to have weird and weapons. And they are really going in to just murder Kamala. Oh, uh, yeah. They're just like, just smash this little girl's head yeah. in. Like. <laughs> they tried for about two hours to be nice. With whips and hammers and spears. And that guy can jump so high. <laughs> and then he whips him. <laughs> Wear a little cape and I fly so, so high. <laughs> it's a pen 15. Maya Erskine, we bow to you. You are comedic genius. If you have not watched Pen15 on Hulu, please do. It is a roller coaster of a show. It oh is my the God. Most hilarious show you'll ever watch. So good. That first season was Chef's Kiss. Seasons two and three were so sad, <laughs> but very good. It got too, it got very real. It got too real. It was very good. Very good. Don't, don't, don't be scared of the drums. I'm always scared of the drums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so in the the way this episode ends, let's just wrap up this episode because we can move on with the scene. But there's a part where Najma grabs Kamala and mm. she sees that vision, which is interesting. We theorize we're like, oh, that sounds like train noises because <laughs> there's a big giant train, and also they were train noises. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then later, like one of the last things we see in the episode is. Nani, her grandmother, calls her and she was like, did you see it too? You need to come to Karachi. It's like, what? And she says, mom would never let me. And she goes, she has to come too. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So we're going to go to Karachi very soon. We're going to get Red Dagger. I'm very excited from the beginning. Since the before you watch Miss Marvel, I have to mention it in every episode. I said, I can't wait for Red Dagger to come. Oh, he's coming. It's happening. Yeah. This again feels sort of moon moonlightian, moon nightian, uh, because I read moonlight on your sticker, sorry. Um <laughs> Moon Nightian because we start in one place and then halfway through the series we go to another place. Yeah. I'm uh, it would have to Because we have three episodes left. Yeah, it would definitely have to come back to Jersey City just because there's like scenes in the trailers that haven't happened mm-hmm. yet. I'm I'm assuming we're gonna get <clears throat> sorry. Uh, one to one and a half episodes in Karachi, and mm-hmm. then 
come back. The finale is going to be in Jersey City for sure. And I'm really hoping there's a Carol Denver's. There's got to be, right? There has to be. I feel like it's going to get almost too heavy towards the end. And just like in the comics, when she needs the most help, who comes and saves her? Carol. Deus Ex Machina. Although it might be nice for her not to get saved. And she does it. But I, I almost feel like there's going to have to be a moment where like Captain Marvel. She addresses the name. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Captain Marvel has to come down and be like, I doth thou <laughs> Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel. Did you get to the part in the comics where she addresses her name? Captain Marvel addresses Miss Marvel's name. No, I haven't gotten to the part. I think where... you're almost there, but she does tell her like she kind of like grows on her. She's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, I can I can see why like Tony Stark and stuff likes you. And she's like, but I'm not too sure about that name. <laughs> it's like or the costume. So it's like I'm the only Marvel. Yeah. So it's it is no no no. The costume is the thing that she's like. I'm not too sure about the costume. Oh. though. yeah. So we'll see. One yeah. of the two. It was the name or the costume, but she kind of like rags on her a little bit, which I thought was kind of cute. Something's going to have to happen where she is officially Ms. Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. She hasn't come up with it yet, but hopefully Carol gives it to her or something. Yeah. Um, okay. She's going to get the costume in Karachi. How do but Bruno has that? to make it. Because it's stretchy? She doesn't stretch it anymore. <laughs> no, just because he made the mask. I'm assuming there's a, oh, hopefully an outfit fine. with it. I don't know. I just wanted to get the costume ASAP. Well, that's what I'm saying. Maybe it was in the box also. I don't know. Oh. Like he gave her the full costume and all we oh. saw was the Isn't mask. shoebox? Yeah. You it's stretchy. It's stretchy. <laughs> <laughs> just add water. He made it at the library at their Lycra station. It's a makerspace. They don't have that there. Don't, don't go to the library <laughs> asking to make... Costumes. The library. Yeah, the library. The your library. library. Yeah. <laughs> I work in libraries, I swear. Okay. <laughs> well, that's a stretch. <laughs> How about that? Oh, we're just going right into the no, special I don't know. Segment. Did you have any did you have any final thoughts about the episode? No, we talked about it. It's yeah, fine. See, there you go. I felt <laughs> the timing. Let's have a special segment. <laughs> well, that's a stretch. You already said that. No, I said it in passing as the segue. Then I introduced the segment. Then I said the title. That's a stretch. You got it. Fart noise is good. <laughs> All right. Whether you're blowing bubbles, freshening your breath, or have finally made it to the center of a blow pop, gum is one of the most common oh, stretchy gosh. things out there. I had a feeling you were going to do gum. You got to do gum. But I was like, "There's only he can only do six. So it's like, what else is stretchy that he could do? I Probably some, gum. Yeah, there's some there's some other ones coming. No more worry. people stretchy. I don't like that. Um no, 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 no. Okay. No. Good. <laughs> this childhood favorite has been around in some form for centuries. Over nine thousand years ago, there were <laughs> chewing birch bark tar in Europe. Nor people. Mm-hmm. Mayans and Aztecs were munching on chicle from the sapadilla tree, and the indigenous people of North America chewed spruce tree resin. And uh-huh. it was for all different reasons. Some of it was for medicinal. Oh, okay. Like a toothache. <laughs> right, right, right. Other reasons was just to like cleanse your breath. A- apparently, <laughs> nine thousand years ago, they were like, "Oh no." Uh, well, apparently, <laughs> in in the Aztec culture, they like only certain people were really allowed to chew it, like single women and it's children from the tree. I, I'm telling you, we've had this. I can't with this world. Um, <laughs> Even nine thousand years exactly. ago, exactly. Nope. 
Okay, back to the resin. So it was this spruce tree resin that a man named John Curtis ended up boiling, cutting into strips, and coating with cornstarch in 1840 that led to him building the first chewing gum factory in Portland, Maine about a decade later. So this is our first step into gum as we know it now. Uh-huh. So while many followed in his gummy shoes, okay. it turned out that the <laughs> resin was actually gross. It would get hard and disgusting. So it was like As you were chewing it? Ew. Yeah. Ew. So like gum loses its flavor, but I guess this is even worse <laughs> than that. Just mouths just glued shut. <laughs> so in the late 1800s, while trying to create a rubber alternative, Thomas Adams turned to the chicle from the Mayans and the Aztecs to create an even better chewing gum. So they stole from, okay, cool. Yeah, as, hello. <laughs> that's it, that's all I have to say. The world. The world. Okay. God. White people. Um, when, <laughs> then Nailed Wrigley it. got into the sticky game and became a major league player. Okay, I don't know. That's a gum pun. Uh, anyway. Gun gun Gum pun. Yeah, gum. like big league. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Baseball players chew gum. We got, got it. it. We got it. Okay. <laughs> Basic chewing gum lost its flavor for Frank Fleer, who oh decided he wanted to blow the roof off <laughs> of this joint. Stop. In 1928, the first <laughs> bubble gum came on the market from the Fleet Factory. Uh, the name was called Double Bubble. Oh, you know Double Bubble? Yeah, yeah, it's still in existence. So this was it was created in 1928. It was the first ever. Bubblegum. Oh, bubble. Okay. Yeah. That you could blow a bubble with. And, oh. and this is sort of where that story comes from of like, well, why is it pink? Oh, because the guy in the factory only had pink. So it was this guy that worked for That's Fleet. a story? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was just like- it Spoiler. Was, spoiler alert. It was gray. And he thought, well, that's oh. not appetizing. Ugh. So he, the only dye he had in the factory was pink. So he just used <laughs> the pink dye. And that's I why. just love how he was just so lazy. To not get more dye. He's like, well, this is all I have. It so. was 1928. I don't know how easy dye was come to come by. <laughs> My sentence almost made sense. I think it did make sense. It did make sense, but you second guessed it. But also, like, just Amazon it. <laughs> Duh. Yeah. When 19... you're right, you're right. It would have come in a horse-drawn carriage, but still. Oh, think of the clip-clopping of the hoo. <laughs> so, so that's really it. So since then, we've had all sorts of flavors and forms of gum. And of course, as a kid, nothing beat getting a new pack to stretch out for as long as possible okay favorite childhood gum oh dear oh mm, i think the first thing that came to mind was like bubblicious grape oh the so, grape one that always made my teeth feel weird yeah it was like crunchy right <laughs> i loved it you're like yeah that's why i like my it. so my grandmother was famous for always supplying us with gum. When you would go to her house on top of her microwave would be a little Tupperware and there'd always be a, like multiple packs of gum in there. Oh, you're lucky. There's too many of us. My mom was like, you can never have gum in the car, in the house, only outside. <laughs> oh, my mom to this day is like a gum pusher. Like, Oh, yeah, she is. Yeah, you'll be <laughs> like, oh, um, you know, mom or Joni or whoever's asking her, do you have a piece of gum? She's like, oh my God, yeah, hold on. I have minty, I have fruity, I have kid, I have dental. It's Can I amazing. give a spoiler with that, though? It's all in the same container. Oh, well, no, no, no. Okay, okay. She has those cube ones. Yeah. And she was like, do you want a piece of gum? And I was like, yeah, what flavor is it? And she was like, I don't know. <laughs> that was a short stint. But if you get her when she's out and about, she usually yeah. has... 
big red trident juicy fruit <laughs> and then maybe like a bubblicious fruity flavor. She told me she was like, careful. There's like, there's the cinnamon one. And I was like, oh, I do like cinnamon. I was like, but now I'm nervous I that I'll get one I don't like. Well, it was like cinnamon or fruit. It's like you don't right. want them mixed together. Um, There was also a gum that had gel in it. Yeah. He, do you remember that? No. It was like called Freshen Up. No. What was your favorite childhood gum? Um, Big League. Big League Chew? Yeah. Remember, um, what was the one that came wrapped up in the pink container? Oh, um. I keep wanting to say fruit by the foot, but that's not. No. Uh, bubble tape. Bubble tape. Right? Yes, it was yeah. bubble tape. Yeah, I liked the sour one. That was my favorite Ooh. one. That one turned gray. Ew. Yeah, it did. We'd always get bubble tape in our stockings for Christmas. Oh. Right at the toe. That's lucky. <laughs> I got in trouble. I um I stole <gasps> that. I had my karate uniform on or taekwondo, sorry. And uh and I uh we were in the store and I wanted some and my mom never let me get it, so I tried to steal it and then I felt really bad and when we walked out I said, Mom, I stole this and then oh. I walked back inside and put it back. You know, that story <laughs> was a roller coaster and it really ended in a good place. But she should have just given me gum. Yeah, she could have bought you the never been conflicted with that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll buy you bubble tape. I don't want any now. Oh well that's sad. It's fine. I'll just steal it later. <laughs> Oh, I, I did always enjoy a bazooka. A bazooka uh, gum? You know, it, uh, yeah. It had two forms when we were little. You can get the hard one. Oh, right. Or it came in the big, chunky, soft piece. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. They also had a grape bazooka. Do you remember that? I don't, because I anything flavored grape I do not like. I do not like them, Sam I am. <laughs> Sam I am, I do not like that grape flavored bazooka. Gum. Gum. <laughs> it doesn't rhyme with ham, so. No. Or Sam. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's gum. How about gum? You like gum? Hey, guys, comment below. You like gum? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for being patient for us. Hope this was worth it. We'll see you next week. We're over the hump. We're halfway through. Do the hump, the hump. Miss Marvel. So, um, we'll be back next week. the second act. Yeah. And um, talk to you before then somewhere. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to A Bite Of artwork and editing by our own Noah. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Instagram at a bite of pod and on Facebook at a bite of. If you have questions, recommendations, or just want to say hi, you can email us at a bite of pod at gmail.com. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Please be sure to rate and review to spread the word. Hope you join us next time on a bite of. Bye. <music>